Would you turn please uh, to our scripture, two openings if you would, to the book of uh, 1 Peter and then to the book of Malachi, 1 Peter 2, then we're going to Malachi. We began a couple of weeks ago a series we're calling The Offerings of the Lord, and this is very important as all the word. And uh, like we said, you know, there are two sides to every subject in the Word. There's God's side and there's our side. And it's great for us to be believing Him to do things in our life, but we must do what He's told us to do. Right? We must do our part. And uh, so many of the scriptures, so-called promises of God, they start with an if. If you'll do so-and-so then this will happen. Well, what if you don't? Well, then you wouldn't be reasonable to expect it to happen. For instance, Isaiah, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Well, what if you're unwilling? What if you're disobedient? What if you're hard-headed? You're going to do your own thing. You don't care what anybody thinks. Well, could you expect and should you expect to eat the good of the land? Well, no. In fact, the scripture says in the Psalms that the rebellious folks will dwell in a dry place. Well, that's not the good of the land. How many know all the word is true? All of it's true. If it says you're hard-headed and rebellious, you're going to dwell in a dry, empty place. Well, then that's true too. So you've got to put yourself in line with the word. And that's why we're looking at it all the time to get our minds renewed and get conformed not to the world, but to him. His way of thinking and doing things. 1 Peter 2 verse 5 says, You also as living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. The Amplified says, Like living stones, be yourselves built into a spiritual house for a holy consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. We know the word says we've been made unto our God kings and priests. We are a holy priesthood. How many believe that now? We are. We've been made a holy priesthood. Well, what do priests do? In order to even know what it means to be a priest or in the priesthood, you'd have to go back to the Old Testament and read Leviticus and read different places to see what did the priest do. Well, if you've read it, you know they spent a lot of time in the offerings of the Lord, didn't they? I mean a lot of work and a lot of operation, a lot of time and effort in the offerings of the Lord. And what does this say in the New Testament here? That we as this holy priesthood, what do we do? We offer, offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to him. Now we said the word offering is offering, something that's offered. And what I think a lot of times uh, folks don't think about is that just because something's offered, that doesn't mean it's received. And already in studying the offerings of the Lord, we've seen him say repeatedly certain offerings he did not receive. They weren't acceptable to him. They weren't pleasing to him. He didn't receive them. 
And so it's a lot more to offerings than putting something in the plate at service time or than uh, just giving something to somebody else in the middle of the week. Our offerings must be spiritual and they must be acceptable to him. Even though you're doing something in the natural, how many know it can become spiritual when you do it from your heart and you do it in love and you do it in faith and you do the best you know how to do? To please God, you do it at the direction of the Spirit, then even though it's a natural thing on the outside, it becomes a spiritual sacrifice that is pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. My desire, sometimes, you know, people think, well, what, if you're teaching on offerings, people say, well, Brother Keith, what do you want me to do? Uh, It's not me. I don't believe in telling people what to do. I don't believe in telling you what to think. I believe in telling you the word. Giving you the word. Amen. Amen. And I don't know all there is to know about the word. But giving you what I see. And what I know. And how the Lord will help us to get it out. And then that's between you and the Lord. But my desire is that every one of us. Would be pleasing to God in this area. Amen. Amen. And that all of our offerings he would accept. And he would be pleased and he'd be able to bless us to the point where he desires and make us the kind of blessing to the earth and the world that we're supposed to be in every realm. So no, this is not some subtle way of trying to get people to give more. I know people think that when you hear the preacher preaching on offerings, but if you know me, you know that's not true. It's not true. Faith comes by hearing. And if we're going to please God, we must give in faith all our offerings. Uh, We're not just talking about money here only either. How many understand our praise is an offering, right? Our service, what we do for the kingdom of God. Everything we do is a service and should be a spiritual offering acceptable and pleasing to God. Now, we've already gone over some things. We looked at the first offerings and we saw that, uh, you know, our offerings must be in faith, like we've already said, to be pleasing to God. We also talked about precious seed. You remember that? How precious seed is. And we've talked about free will offerings. We camped uh, last week on talking about how important it is that we do what we do willingly, freely. How many times we saw that phrase, with a willing heart. Free, 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 free. Nothing is to be done by compulsion. Now, you're not supposed to be moved by guilt or shame. Did you hear me? So many denominations and so many churches, they try to manipulate people through guilt. You know it? Well, you got so much, you know you ought to be doing something. You know, try to shame people into giving. That's not acceptable to God. You bring something and you don't really want to do it. You're doing it to try to save your conscience. You're doing it because somebody rode you to do it. I don't care how much you put in the plate. God's not pleased with it. Right? Right? He said, as every man purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly. Not out of necessity. You don't feel like you have to, and nobody's making you do it. You want to. You desire to. That's the only way it'll be acceptable to God. So no, no, we're not of the mentality that if you'll shake people long enough till the money falls out, they'll kind of be blessed in spite of their self. We don't believe that. 
No, you've heard me say it, and I don't just say it to be saying something. I say it because it's the scripture. You've heard, how many times you've heard me say, if you don't want to give? What? Don't. Are you serious, Brother Keith? As serious as I can be. Don't. In fact, if I know it, that somebody's bringing something and their heart's not right, if I, you know, I don't know about every offering that comes in. I mean, I don't know what people's hearts are. I'm assuming that people are believing God and right. But if I knew that somebody's heart wasn't right, I'd give it back to them. I've done it repeatedly. If I know somebody's trying to buy something or trying to manipulate or their heart's not right, I'd send it back. I have done it. Why? Because the Lord does not receive these kind of offerings. They're not acceptable to him. So it's not about the money. It's about the heart. Right? It's about pleasing God. It's about obeying him. Now we studied in Malachi. If you turn over there now. We studied in Malachi about how that the Lord was displeased with their offerings and did not accept them because he said, you're bringing sick sheep. See, they didn't use currency, you know, dollar bills. There were no dollars back then. They were an agrarian society, and uh, they brought, you know, goats and sheep and calves and meal, and that's what they had, and this was their wealth, and that's what they brought. But he said they were bringing sick and blind and diseased animals. They were bringing the cheapest junk that they had, animals that were about dead anyway, and giving them to the Lord. And he said, why don't you give one of them to your governor and see if he likes him? That's what the Lord said. Right here in Malachi. He said, I wish somebody would shut the doors. So you don't keep bringing these kind of offerings in here. Does the Lord care about offerings? (laughs) Wow. He does. And so we saw that he was displeased with them. And this whole book of Malachi deals with the coldness of and the worldliness and the backslidden condition of God's people. And you'll see this. Every time when people start getting carnal and cold and backslid, one of the first things to go is the giving. One of the first things to stop is the tithing and giving when people get cold. But when you see people that are full of the Holy Ghost, and I mean they're wound up with God, and they think about God morning, noon, and night, you see people like in the book of Acts, when they first got filled with the Spirit, what does it say? Man, they were giving, they were bringing in whole properties and sowing them, and they, they're sowing to each other, and the Bible said nobody in the church had any need. Amen. Why? Because everybody was sowing to each other, as well as sowing to the church. When you become full of the Spirit and full of God, you become free-hearted. And the more carnal you are, the more selfish you are. That's just the way it always is. And that's what was happening in Malachi. But now notice in Malachi, the third chapter. This all flows together. In Malachi, the third chapter, verse 6, Malachi 3, 6. The Lord says, I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you're gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Now, like I told you, he's writing to a bunch of folk that are backslid. He said, you hadn't been doing what I told you to do. Return to me. 
and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse. For you've robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now, herewith says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he'll not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you'll be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. that do anything for you? Whoo! Glory. Let me read this to you out of the NIV. Same passage, just the New International. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Wonder if that's still happening. Now this is not a man's concept or idea of this. This is the Lord. He said, you've been robbing me. How? And that's the first thing they want to know. How did we rob you? We robbed you. How could we rob God? He said in tithes and offerings. Now let me just stop right here. We're going to talk about tithes today. Is that okay? You yes. must say, well, I don't believe in it. I'm not going to try to make you. Amen. Do we have to tithe, Brother Keith? No, you don't have to do anything. You got a free will. I got a free will. I tithe and I'm happy about it. But one reason that people don't is they just don't see it. They don't understand. They don't see the word. They don't know what it is. They don't know why it is. And we're going to talk about it. Will a man rob God? And he said, you have robbed me. And they said, how? He said, in tithes and offerings. Now, we're talking about the offerings of the Lord, and we couldn't be thorough and complete if we didn't talk about tithing. In talking about the offerings of the Lord. Here's the big question about the tithe. The biggie. How could you rob me of something if it wasn't mine to start with? Right? Here's the big issue now. You know, you can't rob something from me if I didn't own it. If it wasn't mine, I couldn't say, you robbed me of that. Why? It has to be mine for me to say that. Right? And here, the question is, is there a portion that belongs to the Lord? Is there a portion that is holy to him? The Bible says tithe. Anybody know what tithe means? It literally means tenth or ten percent or the tenth part. The tenth. Here he says, you've robbed me in tithes. This is the big question. Don't 
let anybody else settle it for you. Don't you say, well, what does this group believe or what do you believe, Brother Keith? No, what do you believe? Does the tenth belong to the Lord or not? That's what you got to settle. You got to settle it for you. Does the tenth belong to him? If it's his and you keep it and use it for something else, then you robbed him. You took something that wasn't yours. Right? If I take some of your money and spend it on my stuff and you didn't give it to me, that's stealing. Right? I took it from you. Right? If you take some of my money and you use it for something, that was not yours to use. So you stole it. And that's what God is telling them. He said, you have stolen from me. You've robbed me. And their first question is, when? What? He said, tithes. And right before we read that, didn't we read in verse 6, I am the Lord, I what? I change not. I don't change. Now, after he says this, what a blessing. Did you hear the blessing of the tither? What happens? I will open to you the windows of heaven. I'll pour you out a blessing. You won't have room to keep it all and to put it all. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. He won't eat up your stuff. He won't mess up your stuff. And you'll be blessed of all people. And people will look at you and go, you're blessed. And call you a delightsome land. That's only for tithers. Which I am so glad. <laughs> that we are Phyllis and I and More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. Are all tithers. And offering givers. Man, I'm so glad I can stand up here and say that to you. Do you know I, I don't even want to know how many preachers there are that don't tithe. There's a lot of them. How many churches there are that don't tithe. A lot of them. How many ministries there are that don't tithe. Well, how's it okay for a man or woman to stand up and tell the people tithe and they don't tithe? How does that work? Huh? You're supposed to tithe. Your business is supposed to tithe. But the church don't tithe. How does that work? If it's the word. It's the word. For everybody. All the time. Right? And this is the big question now. Does the tenth belong to him? That's the big one. If it's his. Then it's not mine. I've said this before, you know, sometimes people don't understand. They think, well, you know, sure, Brother Keith wants people to give, you know. He's the preacher. He's getting a lot of that money. This building is not mine. Hmm? None of this is mine. None of this is mine in Phyllis's. Did you hear me? If I left tomorrow, I can't take this with me. I can't sell it and pocket the money. It's not mine. None of this is, that airplane is not mine. Those trucks are not mine. None of this stuff is mine. It's the Lord's. Right? I can't put it in my pocket. I mean, people have done stuff like that. They've tried to, and some of them are in jail, and 
Right? I don't want to go to jail. Most of all, I don't want to displease the Lord. That's the big deal. And the thing is, I don't have to. Because I'm blessed. I don't have to steal. But this is the Lord's. And we, you know, everybody thinks that us ministers should be very, very clear on what's mine and what's the church's. Right? How many of you agree? I ought not take offerings and put them in my personal account. Would that be okay? Mm -mm. What about for you? Would it be okay for you? Let me go over that real slow now. We just had the offering here this Sunday morning. Would it be okay for me to go back to the office, you know, tomorrow and tell the guys back there, you know, don't put that in the church account. Just take all that and put that in my account. And I'm going to take that and spend that. Would that be okay? (laughs) They know it ain't no way that's going to happen. Would it be okay for you to do it? See, people, they want to try to say, oh, no, that'd be terrible. Well, it'd be just as terrible for you to do it as for me to do it. Well, yeah, but there are no offerings in the Lord in my stuff. That is the question. That is the issue. And that's where you're wrong. The tenth is his. Right? Just like this offering this morning is his. It's not mine. The tenth in your stuff is his. Not yours. This is not my idea. This is his. This was in the Bible a long time before you and I were born. Right? Or before any church existed. Go back, if you would, with me to the book of Genesis. And let's see this and establish this in the Word. Genesis chapter 14. You know the story, if you've read this, about how God used Abram and his friends and his, we might call them his employees... To conquer an army. (laughs) It's really amazing when you think about it. How many know God can take a little and do a lot with it? And delivered his kinfolks, Lot and his family and all the population of uh, two cities. And when they came back, verse uh, 12 Genesis 14, 12, they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, his goods, and departed. And then they came in verse 13, 14, and 15. They went out and got them back. Verse 16, he brought back all the goods and brought again his brother Lot, his goods, and the women, and the people. The king of Sodom went out to meet him. After his return from the slaughter of Kedor, Laomer, and the kings that were with him in the valley of Shiva, and Melchizedek. King of Salem brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. What are we today? Priests. Do we have a great high priest that is in the heaven, sit down at the right hand of God? Who is he? He's the Master, the Lord, the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. 
the priest of the Most High God. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Everybody said out loud, he gave him tithes of all. What would that be? What would a tithe of it be? A tenth. He gave him the tenth of everything that they got. He gave who the tenth? The high priest. Right? The high priest. Now you hear people say a number of things about tithes. You'll hear people say, well, well, now, you know, tithing was just in the law and under the law. This is well before the law. This is way before Moses. Are you listening? And the law, way before all that. How did Abraham know to tithe? He didn't have a Bible. They didn't have the Ten Commandments. They didn't have any of that. They had nothing, no book with anything about tithing in it. How did he know to tithe? He got it straight from the source. Right? He's in covenant with God. God calls him his friend. And he knew when God had delivered him like this, and here's the high priest, and he's speaking blessing over him, he knew what to do. He brought tithes of everything. And he tithed. Abraham was a tither. Way before the law. Now, if you turn over a couple of pages to the 28th chapter of Genesis, Genesis 28, Jacob is actually had to run away from home because he tricked his brother and Esau's laying for him, wanting to kill him. And so he had to leave home and he's young and he feels all alone and he's out there sleeping on the ground. And the Lord appeared to him and uh, spoke to him that he, verse 15, the Lord said, I'll, I am with you. I will keep you in all places where you go and I'll bring you again to this land for I'll not leave you till I've done that which I've spoken to you of. Man, he needed to hear that. The devil's telling him, I'm sure you're done. You'll never see home again. You'll never see the people you love again. Your life is ruined. What will become of you? And he's young, scared. And the Lord appeared to him and spoke to him. He said, I am with you. (laughs) I'm going to keep you everywhere you go. And I'm going to bring you back home again. Glory to God. And I'm going to do everything I told you I'm going to do for you. And notice what he did. He got up from that place. He woke up. And he said, man, this is the very gate of heaven. This is the house of God right here where I'm laying. Verse 18, he got up early in the morning. He took the stone he had for his pillar and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel and the name of the city that was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow. Now, this is interesting here. Concerning tithing, you got to make a commitment in your heart. You can't play with it. You don't toy with tithing and play with it. you got to make a commitment. He vowed a vow. And he said, if God will be with me. See, he just told him I will be. If you'll be with me and you'll keep me in the way that I go. And you'll take care of me. You'll give me something to eat and clothes to put on. And you bring me back to my father's house in peace like you told me. 
then you're going to be my God. (laughs) And this stone that I've set up for a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give the tenth to you. A commitment. He's a boy with a stick in his hand and a little backpack. Next thing you know, a few years later, he comes back. He's a man of influence and might. He's got all these huge herds of livestock and goats and sheep and camels and kids and grandkids and hundreds of employees. He comes back. Did God do what he told him? And this man is a tither. See, there's, can you see covenant here? Do you hear the talk? God said, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be your God. See, people don't understand. They think, well, I don't have any money as it is. And the preacher's trying to get the rest of it. I don't you understand, preacher. I can't afford to tithe. Now, you don't know what you're talking about. It ain't a matter of affording to. You don't understand. You're living on a self-source system. You are your source and what you can produce. And you're living off your paychecks. And your money is precious to you and you just do what you can with what you have and you wish everybody would quit trying to get a piece of yours. Oh, tithing. Such a huge part of tithing is bringing the tenth and acknowledging God. You're saying, God, I'm bringing your portion. You are my God. You are my source. Everything I have came from you to start with and here's your part are you listening now and I have no fear for tomorrow because you will be with me and you'll keep me and you'll feed me and you'll clothe me and you'll bring me and take me wherever I need to go and you are my God and you're my complete source and everything that you give me I will surely give the tenth part to you what acknowledging What system I'm operating on. Did you get this now? My job is not my source. People's not my source. I don't have to beg people or pull on people. I don't have to lie or scheme or steal. God is my source. And tithe is covenant with him. You know, when we come in here every Sunday and every offering, we hold up our offering and our tithe before the Lord. This is serious to him. This is covenant. We're standing up saying, God met my needs all this week. God took care of me, and that's why my bills are paid. And that's why I eat good and I live good. Right? How could I not bring his portion to him? Right? Gives me my every heartbeat, my every breath. Gave me the opportunities to make money. Gave me the strength to make money. Right? How could I not come give him his portion? See, people who refuse to tithe are saying, my money is my money. I got it by the sweat of my brow. It's mine and none of it's God's and I owe him nothing. That's what they're saying. Maybe they don't mean to, but that's what they're saying. No, not us. We know 
who our source is. We know where our food and our clothes and our housing comes from. Right? We know. And we know, at least some of us do, that the tenth belongs to him. Abraham was a tither. Jacob was a tither. Long before Moses and Mount Sinai and the Ten Commandments and the law. Long before. Long before. So no, tithing is not just a part of the law. We see tithing before the law, during the law, and after the law. We see it very clearly and plainly. Turn with me, if you would, back to, over, I should say, to Leviticus. I'm excited about this. Because the truth will make you free. Somebody might say, well, you're trying to talk me into it, Brother Keith. No, I am not. No. I don't want you tithing because I said something about it. No, no. You take these scriptures. You get before the Lord. Get it settled in your own heart. Get it straight. And again, it's not going to be acceptable to God unless you bring it with a glad heart. Right? Freely. Unless you get excited about it. You want to do it. That's the only way it's going to work with him. Now notice in Leviticus. Verse 30. Last chapter, excuse me. Leviticus 27 verse 30. I'm going to read to you out of the New Living. And you can read whatever you've got there. Leviticus 27 30. A tenth of the produce of the land. Where the grain or fruit belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. Let's go over that real slow now. All the tithe of the land, the King James says, is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. I want you to say that phrase out loud at least two or three times. All the tithe is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. Let's say that out loud together at least three times. All the tithe is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Let's say it again. All the tithe is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. All the tithe. Now I'm going to be getting into a number of things before this is over. Sometimes people have a lot of questions. Well, where does the tithe go? I'm going to talk about that. You know, I asked the Lord this years ago. I said, well, Lord, what about this? Who does the tithe belong to? He said, me. Me. And he brought me back to this passage here. And I thought, yep, that's what it said. The tithe is whose? Now, if it's yours, it's not his. If it's mine, it's not his. And see, that's the big question that you got to get settled in your heart. Is the tenth his or yours? Well, the Bible says what? It's his. The tithe belongs to the Lord. It's his. It's holy to him. He went on to say in verse 31, If a man... Will it all redeem all of his tithes? He shall add thereto the fifth part thereof, or 20%. 
Let me keep reading. Concerning the tithe of the herd or the flock, even of whatsoever passes under the rod, the tenth or the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. He'll not search whether it's good or bad, neither change it. If he change it at all, then both it and the change become holy and it'll not be redeemed. Now, what does that mean? Well, again, their wealth was not in cash. They didn't have checks or checkbooks. They had sheep. They had goats. They had bulls. They had crops. And this, you know, they'd put these sheep up, for instance, in the pen, and then they'd take them out for pasture and that kind of thing, and they'd count them to make sure they didn't lose any overnight or whatever. And one way they counted them, a real popular way, was with their rod. The shepherd had a, a staff rod. And what they'd do, all the sheep had to come out of this little narrow place, a single file. And so they'd just bump them with that rod. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, the Lord's. Did you hear that? Yes, sir. And again, one, two, three. And every tenth one was the Lord's. That's the Lord's sheep. You can't take that sheep to the market and sell it and buy some clothes with it. That is the Lord's sheep. That sheep or the money it brought, the use of it went to the temple. It went to God's operations of his ministries. Every tenth one. And that's why he said it doesn't make any difference what kind. If it was the best one or it wasn't so good. or it was, He said whatever the rod falls on and it's number ten. He said that's mine. He said if you, uh, somebody decides on one of these that they want to redeem it, that means buy it back. He said you've got to add 20% of the value of what it was. So it's the tithe plus 20% of what it was worth if you want to do anything differently than that. So now you begin to see here, we're going to talk about this later, there is something in the word called first fruits. And we've already seen some of that. And for years, I mixed first fruits and tithes together, as most people do. Didn't know any difference. I thought, well, the tithe is the first fruit. No, it's not. We're going to talk about that. And you begin to see here, the tithe is what? The tenth. The tenth one. It wasn't necessarily the best animal in the flock always. Right? See, he said whether it was good or bad. It was number ten. What is the Lord's? The tenth. The tenth belongs to him. Can you say amen? Amen. Turn with me, why don't you, to uh, Luke, the 20th chapter. Now, one thing that we've touched on is you'll hear people say, well, you know, tithing, Brother Keith, that was under the law. And we've already talked about that. That's not true. Tithing, Abraham was a tither. Jacob was a tither. Jesus was a tither. Did you hear me? And uh, people practiced tithing all the way through. In church history, you can read. After the Bible was completed and many years after, tithing is in history and in books. Tithing is with us today. How could anybody say tithing is done away with? How many of you? Well, (laughs) I'm not going to say that. There's a bunch of tithers here. Right? And so we are living proof tithing hadn't passed away. Right? Right? We're here. 
But people say, well, now, Brother Keith, tithing is just in the Old Testament. That's just an Old Testament thing is tithing. Well, no, Matthew is in the New Testament. And Luke is in the New Testament. And Hebrews is in the New Testament. Right? You're there in Luke. I'm moving a little bit too fast. Hold your place in Luke. And go to Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7. One of the most uh, substantial passages on tithing in the New Testament is right here. In Hebrews 7. Hebrews is in the New Testament, correct? Hebrews 7 verse 1. Well, excuse me. Back up to verse 20 of the previous chapter. He said, the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Who was Melchizedek? We just got through reading it, right? Right there. What happened when we read about Melchizedek? Two major things. Abraham gave him tithes of all and Melchizedek blessed him. Is that right? Does this have anything to do with us today? Absolutely. It's a type. Who is Melchizedek a type of? Jesus, Jesus, our high priest. What's tithing a type of? Tithing? Hmm? Your people say, well, no, no, Brother Keith, you know, nowadays we just offer up spiritual sacrifices to the Lord not money and giving. Well, we've already talked about spiritual sacrifices. They involve natural things. I've heard people say, well, no, we just offer to the Lord the sacrifice of praise. They did too. Back there then, they had thousands of them that stood up and praised God. Right? Right? No, see, none of that stuff holds water. Well, no, we're under a new covenant, Brother Keith, you know, and under this new covenant, we don't tithe. (laughs) I don't quite have that figured. You're telling me that we do less under a better covenant. Does that make sense to you? Or tax season is coming up here pretty soon. What if you make good money? What kind of percentage does uh, the IRS want? How much? Give me some numbers. Huh? I mean, if you're doing pretty good, 33% is not uncommon. Right? 33, and some of the same folks refuse to tithe. Does that mean that we believe more in our natural government than we do the kingdom of God? See, none of this works, does it? But again, the Lord doesn't want you to do it. You don't want to do it. It's a heart thing. There's only one big question here. Does the tenth belong to him? Is it his? Now notice in Hebrews 7. He said the priest of the Most High God met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. To whom also Abraham gave what? A tenth part of all. Are we reading in the New Testament here? Okay. First being by interpretation king of righteousness. After that also king of Salem which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days, end of life, made like to the Son of God, abides a priest continually. 
Now consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily they that are of the sons of Levi who receive the office of priesthood have commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law out of their brethren though they come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. Did you hear that phrase? Receive tithes and blessed him. Say that out loud. Receive tithes and blessed him. How many times have we seen that now? Probably three or four already. Receive tithes and blessed him. Will the Lord receive our tithes and bless us? He is the Lord. He changes not. Right? Getting excited about this. It says, without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Here, men that die receive tithes. Now, used to receive tithes? What? In the past, long ago, they received tithes. No, what? Here, now, receive. All present tense. But there... He receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Who is Melchizedek a type of? Do we have a great high priest now who's passed into the heavens? Jesus, the Son of God. Will he receive our tithes now and bless us? It's happening. It's happening. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. God. Skip down to the 8th chapter for time's sake. Chapter 8 verse 1. Now of the things which we've spoken. This is the sum. We have such a high priest. Who? Like Melchizedek. We have such a high priest. Who is set on the right hand of the throne of majesty. In the heavens. A minister of the sanctuary. And of the true tabernacle. Which the Lord pitched. And not man. Verse 6, now has he, who? Jesus, obtained a more excellent ministry. Do we have less than what they had under the old covenant? Do we honor God less than they did with our substance and our finances and ability? Are we less blessed than they were? We don't have the blessing of the high priest from the tithe? No, no. Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry. Than Melchizedek. Than all of the Levitical priesthood. And he also is the mediator of a better covenant. Which is established upon better promises. And we're living in them right now. This is us. Here now. We got a high priest. Who receives our tithes. And blesses us. Hallelujah. Now go back to Luke please. Of course, you remember Luke's in the New Testament. Right? Luke. Thank you, Lord, for helping us today. Luke 20. Luke 20, verse 22. Luke 20, 22. Some individuals had come and were trying to trick Jesus. And they asked him a question in Luke 20 verse 22 is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or no but he perceived their craftiness and said to them why tempt you me show me a penny show me a coin 
whose image and superscription have it? They answered and said, Caesar's. Let's just stop right here. If we pulled out our money right now, what does it say on it? Got pictures of U.S. presidents and, you know, buildings and that kind of thing. Well, then that's why we pay taxes too. Yes. Right? Yes, sir. He said, verse 25, you know, let me just stop right here. You know, don't curse your taxes. Amen. Bless them. Yes. Don't resent it. Just believe God to be so blessed. You don't even miss it. That was a little weak. I said, let's believe God to be so blessed. We don't even miss it. And some people say, yeah, but you know, some of those guys waste so much money. I know it. That's somebody else's money. That's not ours. Ours goes to the good stuff. Right? The stuff that's wasted, that can be people that don't care, that fuss about their tax. But no, we bring ours willingly. I'm thankful to live in a free nation. I'm thankful to live in a prosperous nation. I'm thankful to have a strong military to help protect us. I'm thankful for all these things, right? And it costs money. It costs money. Who's going to pay for it? Well, we do our part. And let's believe God to be so blessed that our part's a big part. Right? Yeah. And not curse it and not fuss about it. Just have so much you don't even miss it. Doesn't even matter. Right? He said, render to Caesar the things which be Caesar's. Did Caesar believe that part of that money was his? Was he confused about it? Does the IRS believe that part of your money is theirs? Are they ambiguous about it? Are they confused about it? Do they tell you, well, no, you just keep it this year. You keep that for 10 years. That's really yours. We just, no, no, they are fully convinced. It's theirs. Right? That portion is theirs. They'll send you to jail over it. Right? They'll garnish your wages. They'll do all kind of stuff. Why? Because it's theirs. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. And Jesus, now remember who's talking here, don't you? Jesus mentions these two in virtually the same breath. He said, so you render to Caesar, to the government, the things that are the government's and... And, this is another category now, and to God the things that are God's. Is that right? Well, what things are God's? Does God have a portion? Is there something that belongs to Him? Well, you've got two sources for beliefs and all these things. You've got uh, what people believe and their opinions and traditions, and then you've got the Word. Does the word tell us that a portion belongs to him? We're seeing something. One part of it today says the tenth is the Lord's. It belongs to him. It's holy to him. Now, uh, there's something else I wanted you to look at while we were looking at this. In the uh, 11th chapter, while you're here in Luke, just flip back a couple of pages to the 11th chapter. Let me read you the new living on that verse we just read. He said, give to Caesar what belongs to him. But everything that belongs to God must be given to God. What belongs to him? I know I keep asking the same question, but you do realize that there are millions of Christians who are confused about this. It's not settled with them at all. Millions and millions of Christians are not tithers. People like to pretend they are, but they're not. 
And there's a whole lot of Christians that are like Phyllis and I used to be. Thank God not recently. But in the early part of our, our Christianity, we tithed kind of. <laughs> kind of, sort of, sometime. When we could afford to. Hmm? Now don't raise your hand. Just look straight ahead. And somebody said, what happened? Well, I got it settled and we got it settled that the tithe was not ours to do anything with. Somebody said, well, I can't afford to tithe. Well, here's what you said. And don't misunderstand. I did this. I know what I'm talking about. We were so tight, you know. And that 10% just looked like, well, man, I got to have that. I got to have that to pay my bills. I got to have that to do this. So what are we saying? If the tithe is the Lord's, what am I saying? There are numerous times we took that. We didn't give it to the Lord. We spent it on bills. We spent it on groceries. We spent it on gas money. What are we saying? If it's the tithe, then whose is it? If it's really his, then what am I saying? Lord, I don't have enough. To do what I need to do. So what I'm going to do, if you want to be nice about it and not say you're stealing it, if you'll say, well, Lord, I'm going to borrow your money and use it to buy some gas and pay some bills here with. And if you would, I'm going to believe you to give me the rest of the money I need. And I'm going to believe you to give the money to me to pay you back too. How does that work? It doesn't. Why? Because you have no confidence. You know you're not putting God first. And so your faith is not there. But if you're in that case, how many understand what you got is not enough anyway? Come on now, y'all with me? What you got is not enough anyway. You're going to have to believe God. There's going to have to be some more come in. Which way can you believe God the best? If you say, Lord, I'm going to take yours and use it. And I'm going to believe you to give me the rest I need because that's not enough either. And I'm going to believe you to give me the money so I can pay you back too. Nope. Or if you take his portion right off the top, you come before the Lord and you say, Lord, you're my source. And you've never let me down and you never will. And I'm bringing this gladly and willingly and I'm believing you to bring the rest in that I need. Do you have more confidence? We found that we did. And so we quit playing with it. And we committed to it. Like Jacob said. Jacob stood up there and said he vowed a vow. He said man if you'll be my God. You'll take care of me. Then I will surely bring all the tenth to you. Amen. And he did. Next thing you know he's a rich man. Hallelujah. Well it was about 20 years. But God brought him back. He's rich, rich, rich. <laughs> now notice this. People tell you you know well. Tithing's just Old Testament. If Jesus told you to tithe. Would you? Hmm? I want to ask that real slow now. <laughs> if Jesus told you you should tithe, what should you do? Let's read right here in the book of Luke, in the 11th chapter. Luke 11, verse 41. He said, give alms of such things as you have. Now that's talking about giving to the poor. That's another kind of offering. And behold, all things are clean to you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you what? You tithe, mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and you pass over the judgment and love of God. 
And you shouldn't have done that because tithing is Old Testament and is passed away. Hmm? Now tell me who's talking here. This is Jesus. A lot of you got red letters there. Right? He said he's correcting them, but in the midst of this correction, he's bringing up something. They were tithing. He said, you're tithing. You tithe even off the smallest stuff. And did he say, there's no reason for you to be doing that? Because we're coming into the new covenant now, and all that's passed away. Did he imply anything like that? Did he? No. No. We've already read from the other passage where he said, you should give to the government what belongs to the government, and you should give to God what belongs to God. Would you take that as a confirmation of tithing? You should. But it doesn't get any plainer than this. What did he say? These things what? Ought ye to have done. And not to leave the other under. What things should you have done? Tithe. That's specifically what he said. Now listen to the, uh, the New Living Translation. He said you are careful to tithe even the tiniest part of your income. But you completely forgot about justice and the love of God. You should tithe. But you should not leave undone the more important things. Did you hear that now? What did Jesus say? You should. Who said it? What did Jesus say? Who said it? What did he say? You should tithe. Now somebody said, well, that's not what the King James. Well, what did the King James say? You ought to have done it. That's a whole lot the same. Right? <laughs> you should tithe. You ought to tithe. Who said it? Jesus. What did he say? You ought, to you ought to tithe. Now this is becoming real plain now, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> if you're still not sure, I'm wondering about you now. Well, this, I just still don't see. The real deal is money. That's the real deal. People are thinking, well, that's my money. Yeah, I know. That's always the deal. We're not asking for it either. And we won't ask for it. And we won't bug you about it. And I won't pull out the giving records and try to figure out if you're tithing or not. Not tomorrow and not 30 years from now. Did you hear me? Why? Because tithing is to the Lord. It's to the high priest. And if you don't, you won't. And you won't hear me harp about it every other Sunday. No. But if you want the blessing of the Lord, if you want the blessing of the tither, if you want to honor God, I know when Phyllis and I made the stand, we made the decision. And we opened our God accounts. Anybody know what a God account is? It's an account that God's money goes into, you don't mix your money with it. And once that money goes in there, you cannot take money out of it and pay a bill. You cannot take money out of there and buy something for yourself or your kids. No, that's the Lord's money. It only goes to His things. We opened a God account personally, Keith and Phyllis Moore. We opened a God account, More Life Ministries. And when the church began, very first day, opened a God account for Faith Life Church. 
And everything that comes in, every dollar, everything that comes in, we take the tenth portion right off the top, plus an offering. And it's just building up every week, every week. It's just building up. And what do we do? Well, we're supporting numerous ministries on a monthly basis right now, but then there are bigger things that will come up too along the way. How many remember the Cozad truck? We were able to buy that thing and pay for it. Right? Well, there's a number of things coming up like that, and the money is accumulating. we got a pretty good chunk in there right now. Right? And I don't care if the church felt tight one week. It never crosses my mind to go in that God account and use some money to pay a bill for this church. It is not. As long as I'm here, it ain't happening. Are you with me? I don't care what kind of shape the church might feel to be in. You cannot touch that. That's holy. That's God's money. That's his holy portion. You don't touch that. Except to do what he tells you to do with it for his ministries and his work, his kingdom. Now here's the thing. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. The last chapter, the 16th chapter. This is what we did. And this is what we continue to do, and I feel good about it in my spirit. I feel like I'm doing the word. I get more light, we'll walk in it. You get more light, you walk in it. All you can do is walk in the light you have, right? But I became convinced years ago that the tithe is the Lord's. It's His. And I tell you what, we have not lacked. We've only come up, come up, 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 up. I wouldn't even think about not tithing today. I wouldn't even think about it. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 1. I'm reading out of the Amplified now. 1 Corinthians 16, 1. Concerning the collection for the saints, he said. Verse 2. On the first day of each week, let each one of you personally put aside something and save it up as he's prospered in proportion to what he's given so that no collection will need to be taken when I come. On the first, or he's talking about every week, when they gathered together, and weekly, that each person lay by them in store. Listen to the uh, Barnes commentary on this. He, He takes the Greek words and he's bringing out the meaning of them. He said it means, let him lay up at home, treasuring up as he's prospered. The Greek phrase, by himself, has the meaning like at home. Let him set it apart and designate a certain portion. Do this by himself when he's at home, when he can calmly look at the evidence of his prosperity. Let him not do it under the influence of pathetic appeals or for the sake of display, but let him do it as a matter of principle when he's by himself. So we've talked about that before. You don't show up and as an afterthought, oh, oh, it's offering time. What did I bring? Yeah, I got a five. Hmm? That's not okay. Every week. This is before church. Right? This is before church. Every week, God blessed you. You made some money. Right? So what do you do? The holy portion comes right off the top. You tithe and your offering, and it goes into your God account. Is that right? And if you're doing that every week, every week, every week, what's happening? Money's going to build up. 
Right? It's going to build up. And over the years, you're putting both tithes and offerings in there. Over the years, it's going to develop and accrue month to month. And so you get in the middle of a situation. You might be in a service. And something begins to come up. And you think, oh, man, yeah, that's God. I feel like I should get in on that. So many people do. But they think, if I had something. Well, you don't wait till it comes up and wish you had something. you got to have made the decision years before. Right? And every time you get increased, you're putting something aside. And then when something comes up. Amen. Just this last week, we were in the minister's conference and some things came up. And I felt impressed to get involved on it. And so we did. Why? Because I had the money. Amen. Why did I have the money? Because I put it in there every week. Are you with me now? You don't wait till something comes up. Oh man, I wish I had some money. It don't come by wishing. It comes by a commitment. It comes by sitting yourself before the Lord and you say, yeah, I got paid. What happens next? Tithe and offering goes into God account. Right? I got paid. I sold it. I made some money. What do we do? Tithe and offering goes into the account. Made an investment. Whoo, made some money. What do we do? Not the second thing. Not the third thing. The first thing. Tithe and offering comes right off the top. Goes into that account. And if you're putting money in there on a regular basis, it's going to be money in there when God deals with you to give something. doesn't have to be at church. It can be on a Wednesday afternoon or a Thursday night and you're with somebody and you find out about something. And this missionary is believing for this or uh, this church needs this. We're not just talking about us. We're not the whole body of Christ. We're a part. Amen. Right? I expect you to sow to other ministries. Yes. Did you with me? But Brother Keith, don't you want us to bring all our money, all our tithes, and all our offerings, and all everything into the local church? I want you to be led. That's right. Amen. Did you hear me? Yes, I want you to be led by the Spirit. Yes. But you can't be led to give. You don't have anything to give. That's right. Do we have any fun this morning or not? Yes. Stand up, why don't you? Hope you can be back next week. Because we're not through. We need to go a lot further. But if all you heard was these scriptures today. I think for most folk it would be enough. If you're serious to begin to answer that question with finality. That the tithe is the Lord's. Close your eyes. Raise your heart before the Lord. Said out loud Father God. I purpose to honor you. With my substance and with the first fruits of all my increase. Whatever you say, I intend to do. I care about your ministries. I care about your church. That your churches and your ministers and your ministries and your work in the earth is fully funded and has all its needs met and is well able to get the gospel out to every nation. I intend to be a part of this as you bless me in Jesus' name. Give me more light. Give me more understanding. Establish me not in the tradition of men not in the opinion of men not in my own opinion in your word in your truth 
Establish me. That I may truly. Be a doer of your word. And please you well. And be acceptable to you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today. Free of charge. By the partners of More Life Ministries. And Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.